Hello, I'm Wendy Rigby, host of the podcast Texas Biobites from Texas Biomed. Today, we're going to talk about one of the infectious diseases we focus on here at the Institute, HIV, the virus that causes AIDS. According to the World Health Organization, this scourge has killed 39 million people, and there is still no vaccine on the market. That's why our researchers are coming up with new and creative ways to stop the spread of the virus. Uh, my name is Marie-Claire Godouin. I am an associate scientist at Texas Biomedical, and I work mostly on HIV vaccine development, and uh, recently more TB as well. Uh, that's what I do. What's your background? I have a PhD in microbiology, and I have two masters, one from France and one from uh, NYU on uh, medical sciences also. A postdoc at Harvard in vaccine development and immunology, and then I moved here. How long have you worked here? Uh, I would say about 12 years now. Why is finding a vaccine for HIV one of your passions? Why are you willing to spend your time and talent and brain cells on this problem? People don't know that, but actually I grew up in Africa, and I left Africa, I was about 21 years old, and I live in about 23 countries in Africa, and all I could see was infectious disease and problems like that. So when I came back, I was determined to work in science, and uh, moving up some study, I ended up working at the Pasteur Institute, where I started with malaria, which, which was uh, or pa paludism, which was very important at the time. And at the same time, it was the beginning of HIV, and I was really, uh, you know, impressed by all the problem and everything that's going on in the state. My English was really poor. So I decided to uh, move to the States, try to learn English and get into a PhD program. And the same year of my first year as a master PhD student at NYU, uh, it was uh, David O, which was a big uh, person working HIV, uh, opening the Aaron Diamond Research Institute in New York. Uh, and uh, I started there. I thought, I need to find a disease. Uh, we need to work on vaccine. The whole Africa is dying of HIV. So that's how I went into HIV. So for you, you've, you feel this personal connection to somewhere that's actually sort of the epicenter of the disease. Absolutely. It, it seemed to be bizarre, but it's something that really passionate me. And I remember we were, uh, the laboratory is across from NYU. Uh, and there is the uh, Bellevue Hospital there. And back then, it was a full, uh, um, uh, they had only patients that had HIV. And they were poor, and they were really bad. And I remember walking by, and everybody talking about uh, what are we going to do. It was the AZT treatment, eventually. And I thought, we, we need to work on vaccine. We need to protect, uh, we need to protect the people. It's 2018, and about 40 years since the outbreak of this disease. I asked Dr. Goudois why there is no HIV vaccine yet. Well, it's very complicated. It's, it's almost if you need a vaccine for any, every people, sort of. The, the virus mutates all the time. Uh, the acute phase is really fast, which is within the first 10 or 15 uh, days. Uh, people don't know they're infected sometimes for years because the, the, you have the, the, the flu-like symptom in the beginning of the stage, and then the uh, virus go undetectable for years. And then also people start to realize they were infected because actually they had a, a secondary infectious, like opportunistic uh, infections such as tuberculosis or the Arcaposis sarcoma. And at that time, they had actually the stage of AIDS, which means that they were past maybe 15, 10 years, 12 years of the disease. 
So it's very difficult at that time to stop everything. So it's like you get infected and if you don't know, if you're not aware, you just contaminate people. Because it's a complex disease that mutates, is it sort of a moving target when it comes to vaccine development? Yes, and uh, depending of which area, I mean, this is very simplistic, but depending of which area you are in Africa or in in Europe or here, there is different uh, clade of the virus. And but they all mutated. You are infected, and then very soon you have a lot of virus, different virus in you. And it's very difficult to neutralize and you know, to get after. People thought that maybe the uh, the immune response of the host will uh, make the virus mutated. It's just to know that the virus make a lot of mistake and mutate all the time. So it's very difficult to kind of trigger it. So people have tried treatment. Uh, different treatment that trigger the uh, the entry, then a different stage of the ins- when the virus get inside to the exit of the cells, mm-hmm. which means that they thought they think that they could maybe block the virus at different area in case it escape. But it's very complicated. So, and and again, the the problem is that, that uh, treatment work. People live with the treatment now with with uh, with HIV, but y- you can't stop the treatment most of the time, and and the treatment has to be given very early in the beginning, within a few days of infection, and people are not aware they're infected. So by the time they are aware, it's, it, the virus is all over the place. So that's another problem. So tell us about your work on vaccine development here at Texas Biomed. Okay, so uh, when I did my postdoc uh, in Harvard, we were working on how to make the virus weaker to allow it for the immune system to actually uh, to block the virus. So, for example, there is a, there is a different kind of vaccine. One of the vaccines that uh, is more popular is when you attenuated the virus, which means the virus is still alive, but it's attenuated very slow, replicating very slowly. And what happened, your immune system is able to kind of learn and block it. Okay, so we tried that in Harvard with uh, Dr. Ron DeRoger and many other people, Paul Johnson and so on. And we we find that actually, uh, in the long term, the virus can rebuild itself and become really uh, pathogenic again. So that was not good. In fact, Ruth Ruprecht, which uh, she worked here also as a scientist, uh, showed that some of the attenuated uh, HIV uh, or SIV in macaque, uh, we use a macaque for that, uh, were actually we were able to, to not only uh, um, rebuild themselves, but also will be very uh, aggressive to uh, a child. So what works for the flu, let's say, will not work for HIV. Well, the flu change every year, so you have to kind of modify the vaccine in that case. But it's a live attenuated virus yes, as well. Yes, yes. So that, that, that's not, I think it's too risky. The FDA say no. Uh, and then that was the end of the story. So in my lab, what we thought was, can we make it single cycle, which means that you modify it so much that it can infect only one time, so it would not you know, kill the host uh, in long term or rebuild himself. The problem with that is you don't get enough of uh, an immune responses to it unless you boost all the time, and it's complicated. So anyway, so after many years, uh, we thought that uh, the best would be to block the entry of the virus. And how to block the entry of the virus would be to maybe generate a layer of protection in the mucosal at the entry, so either you know, genital or uh, oral, and then to have that the virus coming in will be either delayed to enter or will eventually block the entry. 
So that was the original idea we had. And then how can we do that? Well, we thought, well, if we take uh, an attenuated virus and then we single cycle, so we can only go into the cells, replicate one time. But can we target the cells that will not be a CD4, which is a cell that gets infected, but like a cell that is on the barrier, which is the uh, basal layer of the mucosal, what they call the epithelial stem cells. And then if the virus go there and replicate one time and stay there, then the cells is going to play as a uh, antigen presenting cells and as this, the, the mother cell, the stem cells, proliferate or multiply or divide and up to daughter cells or progeny. The progeny will all express that antigen and that will give uh, the, the B cell, the dendritic cell, the macrophage will see it and we build uh, like, a, like a layer of defense of antibodies. So that was the idea. Almost like a barrier. Exactly. And so what comes next? Well, so we developed this vaccine, which is, and we actually have a pattern on it now, which is a single cycle, attenuated single cycle. And we, uh, to having going into the epithelial stem cell, we did a uh, promoter exchange, which means that when we, we put a promoter, which is something that will drag the virus into the vaccine virus, into the epithelial stem cells. And it's all we have to do. So we drop it in, and we have to get very close to the EPTR stem cells, of course. And then for the female, for example, it's easy because you have a cycle and a perfect time to do the vaccination. No needle, no boosting, nothing. And then as the cell grow back to uh, you know ovulation and down and so on, uh, we see nothing in the blood. We don't see any virus coming back. We have animals for like two years now. They have no uh, tolerance, no side effects. Uh, every cycle, the female develops those antibodies. And then when we come back and challenge the uh, animals, so we did that after three months or uh, six months after uh, dropping the virus. And we have not only a delay in acquisition of the virus, but the one that actually got infected, uh, they had a lower peak of infection, and in the long term, uh, within uh, 10 to 15, uh, 18 weeks, uh, they were undetectable in viremia. And that was like that for like a year and a half. So we have sometimes some blip of virus coming up, but it was undetectable. So that was fantastic because uh, it was exactly like if you treat early, uh, early like at four or five days post-infection and you treat with uh, anti-retrovirus treatment. The virus slowly go down to indetectable with a matter of uh, 10 weeks or so. So we have exactly the same effect, except we don't give treatment every day, but we actually just drop the virus before. So, that, that's, that's, so that's very encouraging for us. We are super excited. So that's why we, we wrote the pattern. The, uh, Texas Biomedical actually on the pattern. I'm just the sample inventor. When will there be more answers about this particular approach? We are publishing now. Uh, we are going to a renewal of this grant. The NIH is very interested. So uh, the first step is to redo that again with more animal to confirm, uh, to challenge maybe uh, 24, uh, 12 months or, or more, because uh, uh, six months kind of short to uh, for immune responses. I mean, you, you, if you think about the female, in six months, there is six cycle. So there's six time when the antigen actually are presented. So it's kind of short when you think of it. So um, we're thinking that maybe uh, would be better if we can do it longer. So we're going to do that. And we are going also to try different route of immunization. So far, we did vaginal and vaginal challenge, rectal, re rectal challenge. So we want to move more to skin or oral or maybe nasal. Uh, so this will be the next uh, uh, renewal. 
and which will be five years of study. And if this is confirmed, then uh, I think it's going to be very uh, interesting to continue for maybe, I don't know, preclinical clinical uh, trial. That's very exciting. While working on this one vaccine approach, Dr. Goudois and her colleagues came up with another creative idea, using a different virus to deliver a vaccination against HIV. So interestingly, uh, when we were doing all this, I was talking to you about, I was running out of grants, so we thought we need another ID. And it was very complicated to get those, uh, this single cycle HIV to go into the basal layer epithelial cells, because the cell doesn't go there. So we thought, well, you know, while we're doing this, we should just take another virus, we'll use that as a carrier to bring the vaccine in the right spot. So you chose HPV, human papillomavirus, because it already goes to that part of the body. Exactly. So we have two vaccines now. It should not reform HIV. It should not reform a papilloma with oncogene, but it should be this kind of a new vaccine virus that actually could maybe uh, work much better, colonize the mucosal, and actually maybe protect for HPV as well. This idea came uh, only few, uh, later uh, because the first idea of the lab was let's not use another virus to cure virus. But when I think of it, you know, it might work actually much better and actually uh, two birds in one stone <laughs> and, and having uh, the two virus. So we are in the middle of that. It was very easy on paper, but on, uh, uh, in the lab, it has been a long story, but it's okay. We are trying, we, we're going to be writing a pattern and, uh, and then uh, we'll see where we go. But uh, so far, the NIH again is very interested. This is very different. So um, I'm super excited. So do you feel like in your lifetime, you will see an effective vaccine for HIV? We're really getting closer. You've been listening to Texas Biobytes from Texas Biomed. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, Android, or Google Podcasts, or you can simply log on to our website, txbiomed.org, and sign up to receive the podcast by email. You'll get a new episode in your inbox every two weeks. At Texas Biomed, we're passionate about science. Thanks for listening. I'm Wendy Rigby.